You know, somebody once said, anyone willing to gossip to you is oh, willing to gossip it. about you. That was my big build-up. I, was, <laughs> I didn't look at your notes. <laughs> no, of course you did. Oh, I no did coincidence it. today. But it, that is the most powerful thing I've ever heard when, regarding gossip. You Thank you. Say it say it, no, say not it. from you. Thank Let me say you. it again. No, anyone, this is what I, look, gossip splits churches. Gossip about the pastor. You hear about the pastor? He uh, hasn't been spending as much time with his wife as he should. We need to pray really? about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I would like what you're saying, Ms. Um, I'm butting in. I would challenge any pastor to make a plaque that says that he that gossips to you will gossip about you and put it in the church lobby. Wow. Because that's when it kind of starts. Some people in life have been given very, very low callings, like being brain surgeons or (laughs) Einstein-level scientists or multi-quadrillionaires or being Ray, Mark, or Oscar. But I... On the other hand, your humble, lowly Arab host have been given a very high calling of being a singer. In the late 70s, God very graciously opened up to me and I can read ministry. And it goes on from there. Ray Comfort's song. I've, I don't think I've ever sung it on the no, podcast. No, you have. <laughs> Have I? I, I don't can't think remember. So. We, we were going to put that to music, weren't you? Arranging an orchestra? We're d- or yeah, we're doing. Yeah, Oscar, what happened? I'm I'm working on it. I texted you about it. Uh, I texted back. I'm sure. <laughs> on the other <laughs> hand, there's proof. On the other hand, there are five fingers. Oh That's yeah, true, and a palm. Wait, now what's the whole? You know what? I've I've always had a problem with this. Why do people insist on not calling a thumb a finger? Because it's a thumb. Why'd you say five fingers on the other hand? Well, it's digits on the other <laughs> hand. If I said digits. Look at this. You just, you just messed up yourself. But seriously, do you not call a thumb a finger? I wouldn't. Is this That's a conversation? Stupid. Not Is by itself. Ten fingers and ten toes. Yeah. What do you call your big toe? <laughs> Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a conversation Eric that uh, people would yeah, be interested so in? They like it. You're you're good. so easily distracted. <laughs> Eric! Running off. <laughs> no, seriously, don't people do stuff like that, though? Like give their dog a name like Tom or Steve. Eric or Bob? <laughs> Why does that make us laugh? <laughs> Steve. <laughs> you can call a dog Sam. That's okay. Yeah, but what's but wrong with Steve, Steve or Tom or Bob? <laughs> For dog, like Bob. Seriously, I'm it's like this is this is Bob. This uh. is my Chihuahua Francisco. <laughs> that would be so. What cool. about naming your dog like Stay or Hug? Yeah, Stay, 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 Stay. When people go to pet my dog because it's so cute, they say, "What's his name?" I say, "Vicious," always, and uh, they, they pull back. Vicious. What Cujo. are you doing? Uh, I have a friend who bought a pig and named him Mister Bits. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what is call it tasty tasty yeah. yeah ray fix your microphone oh what's <laughs> oscar's wrong with been that? trying to send you signals you close on your yeah. mouth yeah, yeah. Oh, oscar uh scotty will oh because you're wearing earphones and you can hear our can, tech yeah, guys yeah. hold on uh scotty what was that <laughs> ray, stop, ray stop talking <laughs> wait one more uh, easy he says um go away just knock it off <laughs> make me oh no i'm not supposed to say that sorry yes. i forgot uh yeah um did you guys enjoy my singing? Mm. More than your haircut. Oh, <laughs> you know, I just got my haircut. It does look sharp. Isn't that nice? Yeah. You know, one thing that I discovered good. that's really cool, for those of you listening, nice. first, well, sports clips. You guys ever heard of sports clips? Yeah. 
I never heard oh, of it. Where until, you get your haircut? Yeah, right. Well, yeah, well, I sure. never heard of it until we got the one by our house. But they get free neck trims. So that's their goal. What is a neck trim? <laughs> neck trim. You know when the fuzzies girl on the back here. Oh, isn't that part of every you know? haircut? Yeah, but what happens is you don't need a haircut quite yet. But the but the gross, sick, disgusting, lice infested fuzzies start growing. <laughs> you go in there for you, just your. You're yeah. Not. So my, get a neck trim. well, I'll go like midway through before I need a haircut. I'll get a neck trim. I'll give them a tip. And why did you just go us. and get a neck trim without a haircut, Mark? Didn't you say <laughs> once that you would have a haircut and they started trimming it, your eyebrows? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, whoa! Oh, they did that to me once, and yeah. I I had never trim. I don't like trimming my eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. When my father comes over during Christmas time, we always try to hold him down to trim off his. I trimmed down <laughs> his eyebrows. Seriously. Mick? My homie yeah, Mick? Yeah, they're, they're like six inches long. What, what age and stage do the eyebrows <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Well, is they, this something that's going to happen to me when I hit 80? Yeah, you, get, you oh, yeah. get a couple of tumbleweeds. That's Wait, what Ray, what was the guy called? Was it Mickey... Rooney? Oh, Mickey Rooney. He, used to, he disappeared behind his eyebrows. Was he? The, he was a, hey, like 60 yes, Minutes he guy, was, right? He was at 60 Minutes. He was older than that. He, no, had, but, he, he was an athe- atheist, but he really disappeared behind his eyebrows. He but you have to him. think, does a guy like that not have friends? Like, seriously, don't, doesn't anyone look at him and say, you're on television in front of the world. You need to trim your no, eyebrows. It literally happens overnight. Do you guys know, real They quick. send a search party in, but they disappear. <laughs> Do you guys know, uh, like those old guys in New York that sit around playing chess Watch all day? Why do you call old... You know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. This is the kind of conversation they have. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. I like it. All right, guys. Uh, we got a really nice comment. This is from SLJ. If you start looking at eyebrows, that's all you see, actually. <laughs> <laughs> eyebrows are weird uh-huh. in Texas. Do they, they, are stop, they meant to stop shampoo, shampoo from getting in your eyes in the shower. That's, that's what they're what for. That's uh, This is from SLJ in Texas. Tithing episode number 134. Uh, I love this podcast. Oscar, your parable of a house guest in relation to tithing was brilliant. I listened to it over and over. I have struggled with my selfishness and the significance of tithing for the majority of my life, even regularly attending church or simply stewards, since everything already belongs to God. Thank you for your perfect insight on this. Great job, guys. Nice. Praise the Lord, man. Thank what you. What is that illustration? I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. Like, I don't it was remember great, anything Oscar. about it. Was but go house, back and listen house to that guest one. And it's very memorable. Yeah, clearly yeah. for me. This podcast was brought to you by The Vault. 100 Gospels of John, and I wrote this in a cool box. <laughs> it looks like a vault. Ray, um, revolting? Yeah, people need to revolt. That's they, what you do when you run out of the When they're starting Gospels to run out, then you revolt. You order some more. Yeah. What is the vault? In there should, we des- should we describe it for those who've never yeah. seen it? Oscar the Informer. So the vault, I love this. It's uh, a little bit bigger than a shoebox, and it looks like a Excuse vault. Excuse me, what size shoes do you wear? <laughs> it's, it's at 18 inches, though. Oh, okay. It's huge. It is a shoebox. <laughs> Way bigger than a shoebox. It's larger than a shoebox, and it is. It, it looks amazing. It looks like a vault that you would see there's at a... There's a vault a, behind you. Oh, there's a vault? Oh, for uh, those of us who are watching on video, yeah, for those who are not watching on video, it, it, it looks like a vault that you would find at a... <laughs> yeah, I guess it isn't much. Well, the new shoe boxes are about. Look, the I don't wear my, my shoes. shoes. Go sideways in that box. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's a Volt the UT at a bank, and it comes with how many tracks of? Uh, it's a hundred, hundred, hundred Gospels of John, or two lots yeah. of fifty in the box. That's right. Yeah, what a great concept. Seriously, especially to have you know have it in your car, have it in your house, and just give them away. Hmm. Wait, hmm. what? And we hmm. we tossed them from a car. Wasn't that a, fun? A whole that second. was really fun. That's, that's coming out soon. I watched really a video. Cool. Wait, today. that's not out yet. No, it's at the end of the new Catholic video. 
that we love ah. Catholics. So many Catholics coming to Christ. Yeah, it's wonderful. That one. I watched I a like video, it. Ray, of you handing that to a woman uh, today. I watched the video today, and she's like, "Whoa!" Yes. That's really funny nice. because I was prepping the for the, my commentary on that one, and I, yeah. I noted that. All right. Oh, and the Evidence Study Bible at livingwaters.com. Yeah, check out the vault and the Evidence Bible at livingwaters.com. You look like you're having a seizure when you do I'm that. I'm cold, man. I'm freezing. This studio's cold. because you just Did lost you have, 10 pounds. Oh, that's true. Did you 11, eat breakfast? Did you have breakfast? Uh, I didn't. That's, that's the, your problem. That's Shahida. I know. That's my problem. Mm. All right, friends. Today we're talking about giving up gossip and snuffing out slander. Guys, I just got to say something. We're doing one on patience today, a third episode of the podcast. Can we do that now? Now. <laughs> Let's get to it. Let's hurry up and do it. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Hey, but real quick. Did you guys hear what Easy said? Oh, oh, what you I, said. I said what? Oh, I said who? Oh, you're gossiping. <laughs> yeah, boy, gossip, man. I would venture to say that this is the most consistent sin in the lives of uh, Christians. Yeah, boy. It really is. Yeah. I agree. Especially in your guys' lives. As well. <laughs> I absolutely hate gossip. Mm. So listen very carefully the first time. <laughs> is that a Ray joke? I don't know where I got that. Uh. No. But gossip is, uh, it's vexing. All of us are guilty of it. And um, it's... Are you uh, gossiping about me? Mm-hmm. It's distasteful. It's it wicked. It's evil. I have to admit, when I was a new Christian, I remember hearing Christians gossip oh, for, for the first time, and it shocked me. The reason it shocked me is because I remember growing up uh, in the Catholic Church as a young man... You go to church, you, you, you put on your pious sort of a, you know... Hat. A, a, <laughs> 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 I have a pious like? hat. Ray, you start a hat a, company what, called Pious Hats. What would a pious hat look like? <laughs> like it's like a meat pie in plural. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Lots of feathers in it. No, but you know, you put on, you, you, you put on your Sunday best and, and your attitude and, and your demeanor and how you talk. You do your first, I remember you do your first Holy Communion and you'd go, you sit in your seat and everyone's just acting very solemn and, and it's like, you're supposed to be holy for a, just long enough to get in the car and then you get in the car and everything is, did you see what she was wearing and that guy and blah, 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 now he's so stupid. And when I came to the Lord. And that's the priest. Yeah. <laughs> and the nuns. I thought, you know, when I came to the Lord, I thought, I think I automatically thought I was so radically transformed. Christians just don't do that stuff. And then I'd hear Christians starting to gossip. I thought, wait a minute, what? We, we don't, Christians don't do that stuff. We love God. We love each other, you know? And then, you know, you kind of progress I guess, in, in your growth in the Lord and regress mm. in that kind of holiness. And so I've been grieved many times in my own life by myself because of how easy it is to gossip. Do you, you know? gossip about yourself? I gossip about myself <laughs> to myself. <laughs> Did you hear about easy? <laughs> yeah. But, but guys, it is an ugly sin. Mm-hmm. And my, my aim in life, my family and I have had many, many talks about it because we'll catch ourselves we're like, what are we doing? You know, mm. this is not right. We're mm. just like, and you just kind of slip into it. You talk, oh, did you, yeah, this and that. And then you start getting into territory that's not pleasing to the mm. Lord. It's disgusting. We disguise it, though, as prayer requests because yeah. we're too spiritual. Right. You know, did you hear the uh, the issue with Oscar? He's really having a problem with chocolate. 
mm. you know, whatever it may yeah. be. And we hide it as Seriously? a perfect. <laughs> what kind of chocolate is it? No chocolate? Raise ears Does he have chocolate purple? now. Oh, don't worry about it. You know, somebody once said, anyone willing to gossip to you is oh, willing to gossip it. about you. That was my big buildup. I was. <laughs> I didn't look at your notes. No, of course you did. Oh, I did a coincidence today. But it, that is the most powerful thing I've ever heard re- regarding gossip. You Thank can you. Say it say it, no, say not it. from you. Thank Let me you. say it again. No, anyone. This is what I look. Gossip splits churches. Gossip about the pastor. You hear about the pastor? He's. Uh, Hasn't been spending as much time with his wife as he should. We need to pray really? about that. Who? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I would like what you're saying is, um, is why I'm butting in. I would challenge any pastor to make a plaque that says that he that gossips to you will gossip about you and put it in the church lobby. Wow. Because that's when it kind of starts. As you was that the church. quote, Mark? Yeah, it's a powerful, oh, yeah. powerful. Yeah, it's, I don't know who it's been yeah. on forever, but. Oh, it was by a guy named Anonymous. Someone anonymous. Uh, Annie? Yes, anonymous. Anonymous. Anonymite. What is it about gossip that is so ugly? The, what it is is that we, we diminish the humanness in others. We diminish the imago deiness in another person. Is this such a word? Imago deiness? Uh, imago dei, yes. The ness is my Spanish accent. <laughs> <laughs> we, we diminish the imago dei aspect of another person. Imago dei is image bearer. We are all created in God's image, which means when we gossip about somebody, we don't just bring another person down. What we do is we diminish the thing about them that reflects their creator. This is why do not murder is, is is in the scriptures. This is why do not murder is so linked with being angry with another person. When we spit lies or half-truths about another person, ultimately what we're doing, we're not just dishonoring the name of that person, we're dishonoring the one who created Mm. that person when we do that. I love what Ray Ortland says about this. And real quick, I love what you said that we disguise it as prayer requests. Mm. Let me take it a step further. I think that many Christian leaders online disguise gossip as um, a care for theological insight. Which ones? Expound. Who? There are, there are many online at conferences that will gather together and all they will do is talk about the secondary views, secondary disagreements, not primaries, secondary theological disagreements of another Christian leader out there, of another nonprofit organization. You know, I've been to conferences where everyone gathers around and they confess the heartaches of their of their churches and the challenges of reaching the lost. And then I've been to other conferences where pastors gather around and be like, did you see what so-and-so posted? Did you see that pastor over there said this thing in his sermon? Did you see that this organization over here doesn't care as much about this thing over there? The, right? They start to spin gossip ultimately. Here's what Ray Ortland says. To diminish a person's good name by spin Lies, exaggerations, slanders, incomplete accounts, misrepresentations, self-serving narratives, one-sided version of events, not including the facts unfavorable to oneself. There are many ways we can violate the ninth commandment, and we do. It is one of the primary ways we do violence to one another, to dishonor God, to deconstruct a gospel culture, to replace it with anti-gospel culture that God will not bless. And it will scare unbelievers away from our churches. God deserves churches in this world marked by beauty, humanness, restraint, kindness, humility, where every reputation is guarded as a sacred thing for Jesus' sake. Mm. And see, my point is this, is that so often we gravitate towards 
our confirmation bias often will gravitate us towards gossip. When we hear something poorly said about a leader that we love, no, no, surely that can't be true. But when we hear something said poorly about somebody that we don't totally agree with, oh man, man, that guy's slipping. Oh man, I'm really skeptical about that person. You Mm -hmm. see, we, our confirmation bias will push us into gossip and slander about others. Yeah. And, and there's again, such a, such an ugliness about it. You know, I, I think the problem is, is it's one of those, as Jerry Bridges mentions, as we've talked about, one of those respectable sins that we wouldn't equate with like stealing mm-hmm. or even something like someone cussing or blaspheming, right? That's like, whoa, if we'd see a Christian do that, we'd be in shock. Like, what are you doing? But it's just kind of like, ah, it's been brought down to like, hey, you know, no big deal. Everybody does it. But it should really disgust us. That's what I want in my life. I want gossip to, to be at the level in my heart of like murder. Like that's unthinkable. That's mm-hmm. good. I, 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 of course not. Like ridiculous. You know, I, I love what James Denny said. He said, every word spoken about a brother's sin that is not prompted by a Christian conscience, that does not vibrate with the love of a Christian heart, is itself a sin against the mercy and the judgment of Christ. Whew. That's so heavy, you know? Uh, R. Kent Hughes said, gossip often veils itself in an acceptable an acceptable convention such as, have you heard, or did you know, or they tell me, or keep this to yourself, but, mm-hmm. or I do not believe it is true, but I heard that, or I wouldn't tell you except that I know it will go no further. Of course, the most infamous such rationalization in Christian circles is, I'm telling you this so you can pray, <laughs> as Mark said. And so I want us to, to really dive deep into it. What is it that makes us gossip. Like what, what is the thing that is at the heart of it that is a, this itch that we want to scratch? We're sinners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and on the next episode. <laughs> but doesn't, doesn't gossip lift us a little higher than the person we're Absolutely. gossiping about? We stand on top of them wow. and talk about them. Well, I'll tell you, I, I think what Oscar had said just a few moments ago was so piercing when he equated the idea of murder being associated with this that it's every time we say something behind somebody's back that we would not say to their face, we're throwing a little dagger at them. Mm. We're trying to kill them. Mm. We're trying to be more alive than they are. That's good. Right? That's so convicting. Well, as Christians, our reputation is incredibly important to us. You know, the good name and our character, and gossip destroys it. And I am grieved when I hear someone say something about me that's not true, not for my reputation's sake, but for the gospel's sake, mm. I want people to be able to look at me and say he's speaking the gospel truth. What he says matters. And if they've heard something about me that's not true, it's going to denigrate what I'm trying to tell them. Yeah. Mm. And so it's important that Christians realize that. We should, we should make sure our generals are armed mm. and, and not, not stripped of their, their power. Yeah. I love what you asked, Easy. It's a really uh, reflective question. What is it? that causes us to gossip, I can't help but wonder if one of the things is the legalist inside of us all. You know, I think inside of us all is this legalist that's trying to get out, that's trying to prove his worth, trying to prove that he is uh, worthy of righteousness. And so by gossiping, we create this us versus them. It's like, well, I might be a sinner, but at least I'm not doing that. 
I might be this way, but at least I don't believe that. At least I'm not saying that. At least I'm not doing that. At least my kids aren't that way. You know what I mean? And, and it gives us this opportunity to feel better about ourselves. It's the legalist inside of us trying to prove our righteousness rather than depending on the grace of God and, and finding our value and worth and what he has done for us. And then recognizing that the thing that makes me worthy is nothing that I do or say or think, but simply the blood that has been spilt for me. You know, Oscar, that brings up a good point. Like, why do we try to prove our worthiness? Like, what are we, what are we getting at with doing that? I mean, you know, sometimes we land on realizations, but don't, like, we, we land on a realization, like you just said, we're trying to prove our worth or show that we're righteous or why like what is is that a byproduct of like insecurity in the lord a, a byproduct of not really grasping that god accepts us that that we are accepted in the beloved that we don't have anything to prove mm. you know what i mean like is it this just do we all have this innate sense of you know not just insecurity in that we have a low self esteem because i think in reality we have way too high of a self-esteem yeah. as people. We love ourselves, really. We're, we're Maybe that's why we're trying to prove that or get acceptance. I don't know. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I mean, go ahead, Ray. Well, I think it's gossip is evidence that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's a very, like you said, a subtle sin that doesn't seem too bad. So the enemy fans it. He says, go sip some poison, gossip. Mm. And that's what's happening. You're spreading poison through the body of Christ, and what Satan wants to do is divide. It's a tro- gossip is a Trojan horse that comes into the church and can divide a church. What is it? It separates the chief of friends. Gossip does. Mm. Yeah. It certainly does. You can say to someone who's a good friend with another person, just a little bit of gossip, and you can start destroying, eroding that friendship that's taken a lifetime to, to get. Yeah. And that's what Proverbs 16.28 says. The Bible tells us that a perverse man stirs up dissension and a gossip separates close friends. Let, let me share with you, by way of confession. Um, Catholic? You know, <laughs> I, I think how we can fall into gossip ourselves. And this is something I learned from Easy uh, several years ago. We all feel like we have that one person that we can confide in. Mm. This one person who I go, you know, I just, they just know everything about me. Hey, I just want to, I'm just telling them about my life. I'm telling them about my interactions. Of course, I dealt with this interaction, the story. I gave counsel to that person over there. And now I'm just telling easy how that went, mm-hmm. right? We all have that one person. If everybody has that one person who they confide in, but in reality, it's gossip, well, then gossip will never be burnt out. We need to really hone in and think through what we're doing and why we're doing what we're doing and why we're saying what we're saying. That's mm. good. Yeah. Um, easy, man. I, you know, I'm thinking about what is it in us that drives us to need to prove ourselves? And uh, I think it's a part of the fall. You think back at the garden. It's so interesting to me that the serpent promised to Adam and Eve something that they already had, something that he could not give them. He said, eat of this and you will be like God. Well, think about it. What I just said earlier, we are image bearers created in God's image. Adam and Eve were more like God than the serpent. They were already created in the image of God. Therefore, they were like God. And yet Adam and Eve takes that into their own hands. They rebel against God's way of being like God and they go to be their own gods in their own kinds of ways. And I think the legalist in us is the rebel, 
is the rebel trying to earn righteousness without God's righteousness. It's the same thing. It's believing the same kind of lie. I can go earn this without God. And yet God has already provided it for us. Wow. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Imagine if all of us spoke in such a way that we would not for a second be ashamed if what we said was typed out and dispersed all across the planet. Do you remember that saying about the parrot? No. Yeah, live as though you you don't mind giving the family parrot to the town gossip. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's really good. That's why I don't own a parrot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I mean, imagine if if we spoke in such a way that, yeah, we we don't care who see, oh, yeah, no problem at all, you know, or, oh, did you know you were recorded in that room? Uh, You know, you get all like, oh, no. I mean, that's how I want to live. I'm, I have to say, I, I can't say I live like that. I, I do gossip. You know, there are things that I say I'm ashamed of. I look back and I'm like, what what was that all about? Again, my family and I have had multiple conversations. You guys, we need to honor the Lord in the way that we speak. We need to honor Christ in, in the way that we talk. And I mean, imagine how so short many of our conversations would be if they didn't involve gossip. Well, Oliver is... Conversations are short. <laughs> you know? That's good. Um, well, what about this? Imagine how much we would be careful on what we said online if we applied the same carefulness towards the other side. Hmm. Let me explain. We, we talk a lot, we've been talking a lot about what it means to gossip amongst Christians. And it's horrible that we do that. Hmm. But we don't often think about how we slander and gossip the non-believer the person who has a different political view than us, the situation at hand. Like the internet is so full of half truths and Christians should be the first to not buy into those half truths and repeat them. And yet far often, I'm afraid that I'm tempted to do that. I love what Tim Challey says. He says, the ninth commandment forbids us from lying, but it does far more than that. It demands that we deliberately seek out the truth, even in an age of skimming. Skimming is simply the the idea of just gathering headlines that confirm the things that you want to be true. So he says, even in the age of skimming, in an age in which we are drowning in a glut of information, it demands that we pursue the whole truth rather than risk promoting a lie. It demands that we resist the lazy temptation to have our views shaped by a skim and that we instead do the hard work of pursuing facts. For as the Heidelberg Catechism warns us, we are in danger of doing the work of the devil. And I bring this up to say that we 
so often, even in our pursuit of truth, we'll believe in half lies. Mm. And I think it was J.I. Packer that said a half lie is ultimately a full lie. Um, But we want to believe whatever we want to believe as long as it confirms the biases that we already have. One last quote, Alan Jacob in his book, How to Think, which is a great book, highly recommend it. He says, we lose something in our humanity by militarizing discussion and debate. And we lose something in our humanity by demonizing the other. When people cease to be people because they are to us merely representatives or mouthpieces of positions we want to eradicate, then we, in our zeal to win, have sacrificed empathy. We have declined the opportunity to understand other people's desires, principles, and fears. And that is a great price to pay for supposed victory in debate. I think often we do that, and what we do is we sacrifice something that you mentioned earlier, Ray, the reputation we have in the gospel. Right. Mm. Let me give a quote from a very wise man. He said, the internet created a new breed of gossipers because the gossiper can be anonymous. No one is held accountable to make sure truth is verified. Mm. Anyone could become the editor of their own tabloid. Ooh, Ooh. wow. <laughs> I, I wrote that. <laughs> no, Why I'm not, did I I'm have not a that <laughs> Did you sneak, sneak that? Yeah, that's yeah. great. Where was that in? What, 137th book you wrote? IPad. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's good, Ray. What Paul said in 1 Corinthians. Um, Just say scripture. And scripture <laughs> and the word of God. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. 2 Corinthians 12 20. Mm. Uh, you know that, Ray? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 12 20. Yeah, 20, 20, 20, 20. Verse 20. He said, For I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I wish, and that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish, lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions backbitings, hmm. whisperings, conceits, tumults. And, and Easy, you know, I just got that word backbiting is so descriptive. You think someone biting someone on the back, oh, they don't see it coming. I know. And the pain of getting your back bitten, well, if you've got a hairy back, you're okay. <laughs> and th- those words, you know, they, they're also translated slander and gossip, mm. you know. But he's saying, I, man, it, it would be devastating to come and to find those going on among you. Like the implication is that this stuff shouldn't be happening among mm-hmm. believers. I think Arkant Hughes put it well. He said, gossip is saying behind a person's back what you would not say in his or her face. Flattery is saying to a person's face what you would never say behind his or her back. We've quoted that before. And I think that's a really good rule of thumb. Would I say that if this person were present? Now, there's a caveat there. There are some things you do have to discuss in different contexts Mm -hmm. that you would not discuss before a person. I mean, you may be in an employment situation where you have to speak with other, let's say, supervisors as a manager or whatever about different things going on. Or maybe you're having an actual struggle with someone over something they did to you and you're getting genuine counsel. Right? You're, not, you're not doing it with the motive, but you're getting, hey, this person said this to me. How do I handle it? What do I do? You know, stuff like that. Generally speaking, if you can honestly say, really, look, if you pin my wall to the back, my wall what? to the back. <laughs> huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Quoting easy. If you pin my yeah, wall can to, we the to the back. back. Maybe Is that like a Lebanese thing back. when you, yeah, yeah, you commit should, a crime? You, they you, cut off your arm and Yeah, you know, I think you back. could get out of it by saying that. Oh, boy. <laughs> If you pin my back to the wall and, and, you, and you, know, you ask me, okay, would you really want that person to hear that? You know, we'd have to admit, no, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. So why are you doing it? You know, what, it it's, it's, 
yeah, a byproduct of the sinful nature. It's perverse. It's dishonoring and displeasing to the Lord. Hmm. So, Ray, if if you were to kind of think of a remedy for gossip, what do we do? How do we stop this? Because it, it, again, oh, we we get question. fired up in a given moment, yeah, and then. Two hours later, the next day, whatever, we're back at it again. The place I think it does the most damage is in the local church. It's to sow discord among the brethren, which God hates. A humble man once said, every pastor needs to give his congregation a spiritual smoke detector and a fire extinguisher. Teach them to stop the fire of gossip before it spreads. And that's the key to keeping unity within church. Say, look, you don't fear God if you gossip. If you've got something negative to say about me, just come and say it to my face. If you think I preach too long, don't whisper to someone in the church, pastor just goes on a little too long, because that's going to sow discord among the brethren. Just come to me and say, look, do you think you could stop an hour earlier? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. You think about what uh, James said in uh, James four eleven through 12, do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges a law. Oh. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. Whoa. Mm. I mean, the ramifications are, oh, I'm just gossiping. No, no, no. You are, you're putting your, listen, who's the judge of the law? right? It's God. You're putting yourself in the place of God and making yourself judge over your brother when you speak evil. And, you know, James obviously speaks clearly about how out of the mouth proceed blessing and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth both bitter and fresh water? Of course not. It's a contradiction. With the same mouth we bless God with, we curse our brothers with, you know? You know, we've... um been all put in this dilemma in recent years where we hear something that's outrageous about a very respected Bible teacher, and you don't know what to do with it in the beginning. You know, some Bible teacher that it's just his name epitomizes integrity, and you hear he's been doing something very, very disgusting. What are you supposed to do with that? You push it aside. You don't want to believe it. And then you keep hearing it again and again and until you find out it's true. So how do you deal with something like that? If you hear something negative about a, a respected Bible teacher, do you just toss it aside and don't listen, or do you investigate yourself? It's a dilemma. Well, you know... Oh, go ahead, guys. Sorry. No, I'd love to hear. Well, I was going to say, you know, Scripture is clear on being careful to take an accusation against an elder without one or two witnesses. And I think there's good reason for that, you know. And again, everything has its context. If somebody was abused by an elder assaulted, whatever. It doesn't mean you don't look into it and explore it and investigate it or tell the person they're lying. But I think the general principle is, again, be careful of that because people are prone to do that sort of thing. So you have to be careful. But again, we have to. We also have to be careful. There are times when, let's say there is something public about a leader that fell and you're talking about it with a motive and a heart to learn from it or to genuinely figure out what can we do as a church or as a leadership or as an individual, or how do, how do we pray about it? There are times when it is legitimate to talk about something for the sake of prayer, but what's behind it? Is, yeah. it just, is it just to scratch that itch? Is it to just get in on what the latest stuff that's happening? You know, and I think it ends up manifesting itself by what we say, because if our attitude ends up, man, that breaks my heart. Mm. Like, as opposed to, oh, that guy, yeah, that's ridiculous. I knew how about I him. called it. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. stuff like that. <laughs> That's a good point, Oscar, that I think we're all prone to do that ugly element of wanting to like, oh, yeah, I knew that. Or like I call it, remember, I told you guys that guy was going to, oh, how disgusting. Mark, don't you think like when we do that, 
there is this arrogant pride to think that we're above something like that or, mm. or that that's something that we, we could never do because we're so holy and righteous? Absolutely. To Ray's point, I think that when we hear about spiritual leaders, mentors, people we've looked up to and studied underneath have fallen or have done something, we, we need to quick take inventory of our own hearts and lives yeah. because all of us are capable of doing that very thing or much worse things. Leonard Ravenhill, he said, notice we never pray for folks we gossip about, and we never gossip about the folks for whom we pray, Ooh. for prayer is a great deterrent. Or as Proverbs 11, verse 12 through 13, it says, a man who lacks judgment derides his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his tongue. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. Hmm. I mean, how quick would we be able to stop gossip when somebody comes to us and says, hey, would you mind if I just record this? Because I need to make sure I have all the facts straight. <laughs> and then I'm going to go back to Easy, who you're talking about, just to make sure that we're on the same page. Yeah. Right? You wouldn't have very many people coming to you in the future to share that prayer request or that urgent need that's happening in that person's life. Yeah. Um, things would begin to uh, get squashed pretty quickly. Let mm. me um, wow. stay on topic, shift gears a, a little bit here and talk about a way we can slander and gossip too that I have often heard. We can often hear spouses slander and gossip about one another. Mm. You know, I can specifically remember a time sitting down with a relatively new believer that started attending her church. And it was me, my pastor, and this gentleman. You know, we're just kind of going through the how are you, how how's life, how are things, how can we be praying for you? And he was going through a struggling season in his marriage in that time. And it got to the point as he was discussing his wife to us that it became slanderous. Wow. And the thing is, you should have fellowship with brothers and talk about your struggles and et cetera, et cetera. But I think far too often, I hear couples slandering about each other mm. behind their backs, wow. talking poorly about the person who they've covenanted to spend the rest of their lives together as a way of just like, oh, you know, we're just being girls. Like we're just venting about our husbands or husbands just sitting around the golf course, just venting about their wives. And it's like, man, you can, you should be so careful. Cause that, cause to your point, like you are, you are slandering your spouse, mm. you know? And it's okay to seek counsel and to ask for prayer and to know where your sin begins and, and where her sin is. But there's a way of doing that that is not uplifting, yeah. that is not honoring to this person who's been entrusted to you by God, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, and I think it ends up affecting your attitude toward that person, you know, whoever it is, and especially your spouse. You know, I think sometimes people too kind of feel justified to gossip because they'll say, oh, and I would say this to their face. <laughs> well, that's a problem too, yeah. right? Oh, I'm not gossiping because I would say it to their face. Well, you shouldn't be saying that to their face, probably, depending on what it is. But if it's something that, again, is outside the bounds of agape love, mm -hmm. if, it, if it's outside the bounds of the fruit of the Spirit, where, where it's laced with kindness and, and patience and so on and so forth, then there's a problem with that. Now, again, exhortation, rebuke, uh, correction, that's all fine. But again, all of those should be laced with, with love. They should all be laced with care. John Loftness said this. He said, gossip is telling someone privileged, negative information about an other when the recipient is neither part of the problem 
nor part of the solution. Mm. <laughs> and that, that's another thing too, right? Like, what is the benefit of this? What's really the, the point of that? You know, sometimes again, it may be you're really trying to find a solution. You're, you're trying to find a way to, to, to bring that, that person help or whatever, and, and it can be appropriate. But I just think we need to be careful. Now, here's something I want to talk about too, is how do we help each other to stop gossiping? Because all of us have been in those situations where someone is saying something to us that we know is gossip. We're convicted as they're telling it to us because we know it's gossip and we know we want to jump in and join them. But we also, we, we don't want to be that person who suddenly brings tension to the conversation, right? Because it is, it, it does. When you just say to someone, hey, brother, you're gossiping, you know, it's, it's an immediate like, whoa. And then all the ramifications in our minds, well, that's going to that's gonna make them not want to talk to me or it's going to hurt our friendship or whatever. So I've just been thinking, is there a tactful way to do it? Ray? Just say, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Shark I think a good cup. starter question would be, hey, may I quote you on this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it, it causes you to check your motives mm. as to why you're saying what you're saying to whoever it is that you're saying it to. No. May I quote you on what you're saying? Well, why don't the two of us go together to this person and just share with them what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Or, you know, I, I'm thinking maybe something too that, that can, can be tactful is saying, hey, man, you know what? I have such a big struggle with gossip. I'm trying to fight it in my own life. Well, that's and, good. Yeah. you know, I, again, I, I don't, I'm not questioning your motive at all, brother, but I just, you know, I, I feel like it's probably best in helping me with the struggle for us not to talk about that or mm. something. That's you know? what I said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard, yeah, I've heard someone say, and I loved it uh, in a situation where he was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable with the direction of this conversation. That's good. And I thought, yeah. man, that's valuable. You know, yeah. that's a valuable, humble yeah. way of redirecting something that's starting to head towards possible slander and mm. gossip. Yeah, us, I like most of us like a nice juicy steak, and I think it's interesting that gossip is often has that word preceding it. Want to hear some juicy yeah. gossip? This Although, is something for you to chew over and swallow. Easy yeah. does not like juicy steaks. Oh, no, I easy like, likes his steak like he likes beef jerky. Medium Dry, well. Medium well. You're gossiping really? about me. In front, <laughs> of, in front of me. You're slandering <laughs> me, actually. How um, do you order your steak, Easy? Medium well. That's good. That's, that's fine. Nice. No, when, ju when I say juicy steak, I don't mean dripping with blood. I mean, it's just got a good taste to it. You yeah. Know? So like dripping with blood. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? So, before I forget this point, too, I think a good thing to do because the majority of the people that are going to gossip with us are usually people that are our close friends, you know, or people that are in our lives. I think like pre or establishing ahead of time uh, the fact that we all struggle with gossip and saying, hey, let's call each other on it. That's good. You know, let's just call each other on it and, and let's have a code word. Like let's, you know, and you can add some humor to it in a sense. Like, right, we know humor diffuses things. Like, you know, whatever. Hey man, if, if you ever hear me gossiping, just say guacamole or whatever, <laughs> you know? Like, all right, I got you. Okay, oh man, thanks. You, good one, you got me, you know? Because that is that guacamole. So yeah, it's not an so, accusation, it's a question. Yeah, is that guacamole? Is that guacamole? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's be. good. Uh, in our church... We've started, you know, we, we tend to have guys nights and every now and then it's so easy to slip into slander, whether you're talking about politics Who or whatever. Who does it the most, you think, at your church? <laughs> it's definitely me. <laughs> uh, and one of the things, you know, someone will bring up in the name of a politician and, and as it starts to slip in that direction, someone will go, Imago Dei, 
Imago ah, Day. Yeah. And it kind of pulls us all back for a second and go, oh, yeah, you're right. That yeah. person's created in God's name. Let's just gawk and yeah. leave with another word. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, guys, I want to say this on the program now and for accountability. I want you guys to do that with me. You know, if, if, you, if you catch me gossiping, mm. just say, say that. You know, let's, a code word, fine, let's use guacamole. Or whatever. <laughs> you know, because I really hate this. It has been a, a plague in my life, you know, for as far back as I can remember. There are seasons where I'm doing better at it. There are seasons I'm conscious at it. And then I'll catch myself and be like, man, I've been doing it again for like two months. What, mm. What's my problem? You know, I want to walk in holiness before the Lord. So what we're talking about is walking in the fear of the Lord and saying, Lord, put a watch before my mouth. Yeah, you know? totally. You know, and you think of Isaiah, Lord, I'm a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips. I cleanse my lips. I don't want to do this. There's a deep hypocrisy to it. And I feel unclean. I feel distant from the Lord when I'm doing it. And the fact that I don't repent right away is evidence that I've hardened my heart, mm. you know, that I've become mm. callous to it. And I think that's where we often end up. You know, we didn't talk much about slander, but slander is good to remember. Gossip often leads to slander. Can you define the two? Yeah. So slander is the spreading of false information about someone with an intent to harm him or her. And John Loftness gave this definition. So that moves from a speculation to actual lies. Yeah. And when, when it's not true, that's what ends up happening. Whether mm. you intend to, to do it or not, you're harming another person. Mm. And, or if it's and, unverified or half true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and John MacArthur said this. He said, the effects of slander are always long lived. Once lies about you have been circulated, it is extremely difficult to clear your name. Right. It's a lot like trying to recover dandelion seeds after they have been thrown to the wind. That's good. I feel like we need some hope here. We need some grace. And let me just remind us that ultimately, kind of going back to what we talked about before, that we are all created in God's image and we also all fall short of the glory of God. In other words, there is the only person that has a right to bring a charge against somebody is God himself. And he brings equal charge against every single one of us, against you, Easy, against me, against everyone listening to this podcast, against everyone who's not listening to this podcast, how dare they? Hmm. He brings a charge against us. It is a good charge. It is a true charge. And we are all guilty before him based on the charges that he brings against us. But by the grace of God, he offers a way through his son. Mm -hmm. uh, he offers a sacrifice for us to be forgiven so that we can be set free. And I think that when we look at people, believers or non-believers through the lens of the gospel, then it will shut our mouths because we believe in grace, mm -hmm. because we believe that we are no better than the next person. That if I do, if there's any righteousness in me, it is the righteousness of Christ. And so who am I to try to bring a charge against someone else? Mm. Who am I to say, what are you doing over there? You're so wrong. Look at that person over there. Because the only righteousness in me is the righteousness in Christ. Okay. And so view each other, view ourselves through the lens of the gospel, that we were all beggars saved by grace, adopted as sons and daughters of the God who is good and glorious. Amen. Well put, Oscar. And it comes down to humility before the Lord, you know, yeah, recognizing who we are without Him and, and how much we've sinned. I think it's in Ecclesiastes that talks about 
you know, listening to gossip. And then it talks about, have you yourself, you yourself know that at times you've cursed others, right? Like recognizing you, you're guilty of doing that. We often get upset. Oh, he gossiped about me. Or how could you say that about me? Not talk to me about it. Have we done that? So friends, let's get before the Lord and let's get serious about this stuff. Do we, as I've asked before, do we fast over these things? Mm. Do we search out the scriptures and memorize scripture on these things? Do we get accountability? You know, do we pray fervently to be free from these things like daily? That's the path we have to take if we really want to be free from these things. So do that with your family. Get together with your, your husband or wife or your kids, you know, your, your closest friends and say, hey, let's nip this in the bud. It's dishonoring to the Lord. All right, friends, another one for the history books. Make sure to check out The Vault and 100 Gospel with the 100 Gospels of John, the Adventist Bible at livingwaters.com and all that other good stuff. And uh, remember to give us comments and ratings and all that good stuff. Email us at podcast.livingwaters.com. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast, where we have no idea what we're doing. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too. Those of you who are listening, just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters Podcast.